Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host Nitin Bajaj and joining me today is Scott Kelly of Black Dog Venture Partners. Scott, welcome on the show. Thanks, Nitin. Thanks, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure. So in a minute, tell us who's Scott. Well, me, I'm originally uh, from New York, uh, father of two, uh, been in, in the deal business for about 30 years, started on the New York Stock Exchange, spent several years as an investment banker, uh, had my own incubator and took four of my companies public. And uh, now I operate uh, Black Dog Venture Partners and uh, teach entrepreneurship at Grand Canyon University. And that's quite a roster of achievements and <laughs> getting to learn a little more about you. Uh, tell us, what is Black Dog? Right. Well, Black Dog is, is for all intents and purposes, an accelerator. We work with uh, early stage startups to help them fund their company, uh, grow their grow and scale their business through our network of uh, business professionals, business partnerships, uh, and then eventually we help them exit their business. Mm -hmm. And if you were to give us a sense for the economic impact of Black Dog on the U.S. economy, could you give us a sense, uh, you know, what those numbers look like? Well, I know, you know, myself individually, I've been involved in about $4 billion worth of capital raising. Um, like I said, took several companies public of my own and, and many more after that. Um, and represented thousands of people being employed over the last 30 years. Well, thank you for what you do. You've been, you've been a great impact, a positive impact on, on this economy. Tell us what led to the creation of Black Dog. Well, you know, after uh, I've always been a, a serial entrepreneur at heart. Um, and I tell people, quite frankly, I'm a lousy employee. So that's why I work for myself. Um, but, uh, you know, Black Dog was really, was, quite frankly, it was the third company I started on my own. Um, and it's the one I continue to continue to work with today. And, you know, the real goal was because I was on both sides, I was both entrepreneur looking to raise capital mm -hmm. and some investing in entrepreneurs. I, I had a good perspective uh, on both sides. And that's really what I try to bring to early stage companies. Makes a lot of sense. What kind of startups and industries do you typically work with? Well, for the most part, we work with technology, uh, SaaS and IoT um, and mo mobility companies. Over the last couple of years, we focused a little bit more on uh, cybersecurity, uh, esports, and gaming. Mm -hmm. And is there a selection or an application process for companies that want to work with you, or do you go find them? What is what is that process? There's not a formalization process. The reality is, they, in all frankness, they find me. Uh, in one of a couple of me, uh, we actually have a large syndicate of investors, mm -hmm. and other other VCs and private equity firms will refer them uh, companies to us. Uh, secondly, we've been hosting. Uh, our venture capital pitch events for the last several years, mm -hmm. uh, where we have dozens to hundreds of entrepreneurs attend. Um, and then quite honestly, they just find me by word of mouth. And you've built quite a roster of uh, an enviable network. I, I know some of those people and that's pretty phenomenal. Scott, there is more than half a million startups in the US. And just you know, from the data, we know more than 90% of them will eventually fail. Is there a certain process that Black Dog puts them through that, you know, changes that? And, and how do yes, you even you find know, out? I, I, Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, um, you have to be able to be able to do what no one else is willing to do. Mm -hmm. Work the extra hours, make the sacrifice. You know, I tell a lot of people when you're a startup, you have to work on a ramen budget. 
yes. meaning you get ramen and yep. that's it. Um, and so and I think that's the real differentiator. I think the other thing, there's a big misnomer that raising capital is, is, is the virtue uh, or the means of being successful. Yeah. Um, I, I like to work with companies that, quite frankly, can build a business with no money, mm-hmm. but can build a bigger business if they had money. And I think that's really the, the most important differentiating factors. So true. And, you know, when we think about entrepreneurs and, you know, just you kind of talked about one of the, uh, the false, falsehoods of uh, raising capital equaling success, but even within entrepreneurs, not, not all of them are built the same, right? So what kind of species or traits are you looking for? Well, I like people that are um, salesmen at heart, mm-hmm. uh, because quite honestly, you can have a great biz, big, great product or service, but if you don't sell it, you're not going anywhere. Um, secondly, they got to be a good communicator and a good networker. At the university level, I teach a PR networking class for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, and I like to think I'm a collector of people, yes. and you have you have to be a collector of people as an entrepreneur because you, you quite frankly you don't you don't know who that person is going to be that's going to get take it to the next level. I, I love that attitude. You know, let me, let me talk specifically about within funding. About 48% of the businesses in the U.S. are women-owned, and yet only 2% of the venture funding goes to women-owned businesses. I, I want to ask you, you know, as a white male uh, funder or investor, how do you make a positive change on that? You know, that, that's a really good question. And I think it really, it, in all frankness, in this environment, it, be, it comes more about talking about it and more about implementing it. Yes. I think there's a lot of initiatives out there to provide equality for people of different race and genders and, and, and other uh, walks of life. But the reality is it comes down to making those hires and actually funding those companies. And I, I think, you know, it's got to be more than slogans. It's got to be actions, you know, and... Uh, I've been fortunate that, quite honestly, most of the the senior executives uh, at my company uh, have been women, because uh, quite honestly, they they provide some uh, some asset skills that men just simply don't have. Yes, I I agree with that. Uh, Scott, you're an investor, you're a professor, you're a gaming enthusiast. You also have some interest in brewing, uh, from what I gather. What do you enjoy the most? Uh, you know, I just like building companies. I just love the hunt. You know, I love the success of coming up with an idea and then seeing it be successful. Mm-hmm. Helping a company build a product or service and finding someone who's going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, creating a company that's investable. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are, those are the exciting things for me. I've been fortunate in my career to have, you know, a, a number of successes. Um, but now I'm more intrigued by being involved in other people having theirs. That's really cool. So in terms of, uh, you know, as you get involved with a lot of these different startups and industries, is there a particular kind of advice you see going around that, you know, is just wrong? Well, you know, I mentioned this before. I think the, the one piece of advice that every entrepreneur has got to be cautious of mm-hmm. is keeping track of who's raising money. Because uh, again, it, it's much like um, you know baseball or any other sport. It's yeah. it's the the fraction of a percent to get to that point, um, and I and that's the thing that's that's the problem. I think a lot of of the media will write great stories about people raising capital. Uh, I would like to see more great stories about people growing a business without raising capital. 
on your own personal side, you have been recognized with being on a lot of the lists. You've received several awards. Is there a particular list or award you want to get on next? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to gain some industry recognition, but I'll be frank with you. Mm-hmm. One of the more um, gratifying awards was when I won the award for being the Junior Achievement uh, Teacher of the Year. Uh, over 7,000 other instructors. So, you know, I got to work with uh, entrepreneurs that were, you know, 10 to 18 years old. Uh, And that was probably, quite frankly, one of the proudest moments. Um, And and honestly, at this point, I'm not interested in awards or Mm -hmm. uh, accolades. I'm I'm more interested in the companies I work with Mm -hmm. get those awards and accolades. And, you know, with with the award that you did get, uh, you're helping change the next generation, right? And uh, we unfortunately don't have as much education around entrepreneurship in school, uh, but looks like you're, you're helping change that. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Aside from your investments in uh, startups, what kind of investment that you've made, whether in time, money, energy that you have, you know, you mentioned one, but is there another investment that you've made that has helped you and, uh, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm going to ask this question again. Uh, Scott, aside from your investment in startups, is there another investment that you've made that you're extremely proud of? You know, I, I think, you know, I, I've had a couple of, of fortunate success stories. You know, I had, um, the, the one I like to talk about the most is uh, years ago, I was sitting in my home in California and reading the newspaper and there was a, uh, a classified ad uh, for someone who had a record label that mm-hmm. wanted to raise some money. So I invested $50,000 in the record label, mm-hmm. not knowing a thing about the music business. Um, four months later, we won a contest on MTV. Two months after that, um, our first album went gold. And wow. so that was really gratifying because I was able to do something that was not only uh, profitable, but a lot of fun. You're a maverick. You, you know talent. You see it when you, know, you just go with your gut. Let me ask you, what's, what fictional character do you most relate to? What fictional character? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask my wife, I'm probably uh, Archie Bunker. Um, <laughs> but if I think of myself, uh, a fictional character, um, maybe Rudy from the movie. I'm, I'm, the, I, I'm the one who was you know, not necessarily the smartest knife in the drawer, sharpest mm-hmm. knife in the drawer, but I was the one who was willing to work harder than anybody else. And I can see that. That's, that's a pretty good choice. What are your sources of inspiration and motivation? You know, right now it's, uh, it comes down to two things. Um, you know, the companies I, I mentor and work with uh, and my family and the students that I teach currently. You know, you've, you've achieved a lot. You've done a lot of things. You've worked hard to get to where you are, Scott. When, when you were a child, what was your dream? What did you want to become? Uh, that's interesting. You know, I, I started out like a lot, of, uh, a lot of young boys and wanted to be a professional athlete. I thought I was going to be a professional football player. and Unfortunately, I was too slow and too small to make that happen. Um, and then, quite honestly, uh, I grew up very poor, um, you know, and, and I wanted to be a business person and, and make money. Um, and so the reality is that would, what drove me to become, you know, the first person that graduated college in my family. And, and, and now I, you know, I'm, I've 
but been able to build a, a pretty decent life for myself and my family. And again, congratulations. You know, hard work does pay off and, and you're a living example of that. Thank you. What are you curious about lately, both professionally and personally? You know, uh, professionally, I'm really kind of curious, you know, uh, how the, the social landscape is going to change business. Yes. You know, we, we talked about this before. We talked about, and it's, it's all over the news now, about inclusion and equality. You know, I, I, I make my decisions blind. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see more of that happen. Uh, from a business standpoint, and honestly, from a personal standpoint, you know, and honestly, my my primary goal and my primary responsibility is to make sure my two uh, two boys become you know good men, yeah. and and those are probably my my two largest priorities from a business and personal standpoint. Where do you get your information from? Are there books or podcasts that that are your favorites? You know, I um. You know, I, I, there's a couple of books I really uh, tell people that I in, I've enjoyed and read a couple of times. Mm-hmm. One of the first books I read when I was uh, really young in the financial services was a book called The Millionaire Next Door. Oh, yes. And it was a great book. And I actually got to meet the author, uh, George Daly. Nice. Um, and it was really, you know, they had the phrase, the pseudo affluent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you find, especially in this social media environment, yes. people aren't who they post. Yes. Um, and it was really interesting reading. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a good book I've, where I, I've actually read, read this year in preparation uh, for this semester's class mm-hmm. is The Startup of You uh, oh. by the founder of Lincoln. Hoffman. Uh, LinkedIn. And again, another great story mm-hmm. of how we as individuals are startups. Um, and I think it, it really just had some really good value. Um, and, and honestly, that's, that's where I get, uh, you know, probably the two most compelling books, you know, on, on both ends of uh, my time spectrum. Those are both great books. Is there a movie or a TV show that you've learned a lot from or you keep going back to? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I've mentioned, uh, I mentioned Rudy, you yeah. know, that, that, that's a movie that my, my boys and I watch every year nice. before the start of football season. <laughs> um, I may have seen it 20 times. Um, there is not one time I don't cry at the end. Um, so again, you know, cause I'll, I'm a big believer that you can have a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. um, you know, but wisdom is gained through application of that knowledge. Absolutely. And, and I'm a big application kind of guy and I'm a big guy, you know, um, I, I've always rooted for the underdog mm-hmm. um, because I was one of them. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. What is, uh, you know, if I were to call it an activity that, makes you come alive and invigorated? You know, um, there's probably two things. Uh, One, I love teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, that was something that was honestly was something on on the horizon when I started my career in my early 20s. I I expected to be a college professor (laughs) by the time I was this age. Um, And I really love watching the the eyes of uh, 20-year-olds go wide. As I as I excel some knowledge and some some history on them, and and I, and the second part is just watching my kids. You know, I've got uh, I've got a 21 year old son who's a senior in college and just about to embark on a a film industry career, and I'm excited about that. Um, and I have a 16 year old who is a competitive athlete, and you know, my wife and I are the the loudest ones on the sidelines. <laughs> and I'm sure you you bring the whole crowd in and and make it fun for everyone. But this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We really appreciate it. 
I hope to stay in contact with you and bring you back here and talk a little more about some of your other aspects of life. You know, you, you know, we talked about not as much, but about gaming and brewing and would love to bring you back in and talk about those activities. That'd be great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott.